This is the MFG Cast. I'm Kurt. And this is D. Wyatt. And welcome to the podcast that's not afraid to tell you that we love you. It's the MFG Cast. We are talking today about games that need an expansion for you to get more bang for your buck. I feel like it's not going to be one of those end-all be-alls like, oh, if you don't get this expansion, you're an idiot. You know, it's it's just, it's our it's our opinion that these are games that you know, by themselves are good, but after a while could get kind of stale without. And I've been going back and forth on this, and I've been doing it with Dan too, and I could tell he was getting frustrated with me because I'm like, I just, I don't know what to do, man. It's like, I really, you know, I don't want to say they're essential for these games, but I, you know, I think they're kind of needed to kind of up that gameplay. Otherwise, you know, it may be a game that you may not even want in the first place. So, All right, here's, here's the deal, man. The problem is you're being too nice. You're like, you're playing the John Cena card. And you're doing that, well, you know, I don't want to say they're unplayable without it. What you need to know is that you only have so much time in a day. You only got so much space on your shelf. Sometimes games need to get a little more in that box. Sometimes you need that little add-on for that game to justify staying with you. You know, not every game is worth a thousand plays. And if it's, if it's not worth your time, if it's not worth your space, it's got to go. Got to cut that cord. You gotta fire that title. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But before we get into our main conversation about that, let's talk about what we're now playing. I will go first because this kind of goes into our topic. Um, I don't think it's an ex- essential expansion by any means, but we actually got to play the expansion for Clank. We played the Mummy's Curse. Very cool. Yeah. This is. You know what's funny is when when I first bought it, I thought we were gonna get like a, a cool little like add-on board that kind of added on to the first board. No, it's a whole new board, which I was like kind of shocked and kind of pleasantly surprised by. It also adds uh, a mummy to it. And depending upon where this mummy is, if there's four different quadrants and if your guy is stuck in a quadrant and the the mummy gets moved into the quadrant that you're in, then you actually get cursed curse tokens, which are negative two points. And there's other ways to get negative points also for their curse tokens and stuff like that too. But also you can fight the mummy, which is, he's a card that stays out there just like the goblin from the original game. And you can uh, do one side of the card where you can get four gold, but also take a curse token for two fight. Or you can use three fight and you can reduce your curse token or your curse number rounded up, which is kind of cool. So it's a cool little neat little thing. Plus it adds a bunch of other dungeon cards, adds a few more major and minor secrets. And yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, again, I don't think it's an, an essential game. I think Clank is awesome by itself, but it's fun to play something a little new 
and fun and yeah so it's just kind of fun to play that so i just want to make sure so it's it's curse tokens it's not like curse cards that go in your deck like dominion or anything right no 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 it's actually little tokens that you can acquire during you know certain plays and they're like they have this die where that moves the mummy and some of these cards when they come out usually it's like people that you fight like minions or whatever you want to call it people fight and you roll the dice but also there are some cards when you acquire them they're nice cards but they also come with cursed tokens also so there's you know different ways to acquire and get rid of them so would you say it's like kind of like a viable strategy to just go like buck wild taking curses like i'll take that card and i'll fight that thing and then like just try to keep fighting the mummy off to keep cutting that by half you know what's funny is is at first i thought that you know when you when you say that, that like I thought that was like not a great strategy, but we played this three player and Logan did that. And towards the end, when he came back towards the top, um, he had before he got to the top, he had like six of them or something like that. And by the end, he had one because he had ended up having so many fight um, and having so many fight cards that he ended up using before he got to the top that he got rid of most of them. That's pretty cool. All right. I'm, I'm glad that's an option. Yeah. And it was a good strategy for him because he won by one point. <laughs> so, you know, if he wouldn't have cut those down, Tracy would have won. Now, um, so. yeah, because, like, you know, like, anytime games add, like, a negative point modifier, you always wonder, like, okay, is it, can you make that a part of the strategy or is it just meant to balance out? Like, oh, you get five resources, but you lose a point now. Like you know, the, a lot of games do that. Yeah, I, I think if they, I think if they would have cut out the fight the mummy for three and you know get rid of your curse to, you know curse points rounded up or whatever, that it that that would have been a difficult strategy to maintain. And uh, the other thing I want to check is like, what did you think of that new board visually? Did you like that whole that you actually turned the board into diamonds because it's the pyramid on top and the tombs underneath? Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I you know I feel like. I feel like they could have done more with a mummy. I think the mummy was just, just there. I don't think he was like that, that, you know, that uh, crucial much of a threat. Yeah, and it, you know, and part of it too was the fact that every time we rolled the mummy, he either stayed where he was or moved in a spot we where none of us were, so it didn't really cause any problems. You know, so it was just kind of like, eh, whatever. What if it's like his first day on the job? Like he was just like, eh, whatever. You know. I yeah, do, exactly. I'm only He's doing like, this because my dad told me I had to get a job this summer, man. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, they're they're like, oh man, they did a really shitty rap job, and now it's over one eye. So I really have bad depth for <laughs> depth perception. So, or maybe he's just like an introvert. You know, he's like, no, I don't, don't want to. Why don't you go see the explorers? I don't see what they're up to. No, I don't want to, man. Just gonna stay over here. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. He was like a yeah. He was like me. He was like a nerd. He's kind of like yeah, people go away. <laughs> so yeah, but no, I. I, I enjoyed it. I think it was fun. Um, I would actually like to play the Sunken Treasures now, too, because I'd like to see how that shapes out with the original, you know, with the base game, too. So The the one thing I still remember from Sunken Treasures that I love is, uh, so, like, there's, a, in you know, of course, like, they had, like, the water area. And when you go in the water area, you create clank because you're splashing around. And there's, like, two ways into it. Like, there's one room, like, you know, there's, like, two rooms or whatever. When you go into it, you just generate one clank. And then uh, you can dive down a waterfall into it, and you make like three clank, because you know you're cannonballing into the water. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and I'm sure that would be Logan's strategy because I feel like when when it comes to these games, and especially clank, 
like he's like I don't care I'm gonna go get the most expensive he's like you know he's kind of like almost like a a more gutsy Indiana Jones he's like I'm gonna get the best thing I'm gonna make a lot of noise I don't care I'm gonna make it you know and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't yeah I mean it's one of those things like you know like the bravado that uh you know younger players run and clank with is kind of always fun where it's like you know, you're like, oh man, I'm gonna get like this cool little gauntlet and leave, and they're like, I'm gonna get the gold encrusted diamond sword, and you're like, all right, have fun with that, and then you know, yeah, yeah. and then like when they do get it, you're like, oh man, I'm gonna lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, it was like me and you know, we played the game. Like I knew I was not gonna win this game, and I was it was really kind of depressing because I was like, there is no way that I'm gonna get anywhere close because I, Tracy was already to the top. Logan was on his way there, and I hadn't even gotten a artifact yet. So I was like, well, I'm going to get the most expensive artifact. I'm going to start creating a lot of noise. I'm even going to you know, <laughs> uh, create a lot of, you know, just so much clank. I don't care. I'm going to get at least above ground, so then maybe I have enough points to make it, you know, worthwhile when I die, which I did. And, um, yeah, it still wasn't enough. <laughs> just kind of like, okay, well, you know, and then... And I think I still love Clank. I think it's still I still think it's a great game. The one thing I have I'm having trouble with is I feel like once you're behind, it's very hard to get back up ahead or get even close. True. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know it's funny. It's like I'm like, what could they do to even that out? And it's really hard to regulate because. Technically, somebody's not in the lead until they get to the surface. Like, they can have 45 points worth of artifacts, but if they don't make it to the top, it doesn't mean anything. It's like, you're yeah. only in the lead when you're out, but if once somebody's out, it's already done. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I feel like I have a bad strategy when it comes to this game because I've done, I've done the thing where it's like, okay, I'm going to get the one artifact and get out. And then I get stuck, and then Tracy makes it, and she's got the better artifact, and I win by two, you know, not enough points. And then you got this game, like the game I just talked about, where it's like, okay, you know, obviously they're in and out before I am, so I'm going to try to get the biggest amount I can and try to, you know, score some more points before I get to the top, and that just didn't work for me either. So, yeah. I mean, well, if it makes you feel any better, I honestly, I don't think I've won a game of uh, Clank yet. Yep, so. I have not either. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> Still like to play it, though. Yeah, it is. it is definitely a fun game. So on my end, uh, you know, trying to catch up with time and everything, we haven't got to play as much, but we've been playing a bit of Dragon Castle lately. Nice. And this thing is really fun. Like, um, I started, like, posting a few more pictures of it recently, too. It's it's cool. It's like, so the concept of the game was, like, it was inspired by Mahjong. So a lot of the tiles seem, like, similar, like the bamboo and the dots and everything. But, um, but they also did swords, which is different, instead of the numbers. But it's kind of like, um, you know, they also got, like, season tiles, they have dragon tiles... And the way it works is, um, based on your player count, you're like creating this crumbling dragon tile, a castle, which is all the tiles. And on the board, it actually tells you how many stack in each spot. So the setup is actually pretty easy. Like it's a little time consuming because you're flipping all the tiles face down. You got to keep stacking, stacking, stacking. But it has like a little of that player abstract thing because every turn, like player decisions are really small. You're like either you always got to take from the top part of the castle because you know that's what's falling first, and you're gonna take a tile. And then you're either going to take a matching tile that's on the edge, like with the long side out edge, uh, anywhere else around the castle. Or you're going to take just that one tile and a roofing tile, 
Or you're going to take that one tile and go, eh, and throw it into the discard and take a victory point. So, like, decisions are really simple. But the whole thing is, like, you're placing them in your castle, and once you have four tiles of the same suit touching, uh, you're going to score points. And uh, it's, like, low. It's only, like, two points if you have four tiles touching. But if you space things out, so when you put down a tile or two that now you have, like, seven touching, that might be, like, five points. Or, sorry, that's actually even more. I think that's, like, uh, six points or something like that. And if you have, like, eight of them touching, it's eight points. And so you can get these, like, huge point advantage from that. And, like, based on what suit it is, you can, like, put down roofs. And on those space down tiles, you can now put, like, these temple roofs. Like, because you're using parts of the old castle to make these new temples. And, like, those are worth points and everything. It's a cool little abstract puzzle game. It keeps you on your toes. And then they also have, like, every game you can use a dragon spirit and an animal spirit, which are, like, now more game modifiers. Like, dragon spirits are additional, like, end game scoring options. Where it might be, like, the dragon of storms, where every face up storm tile you have is worth a point or something. And there's also, like, the animal spirits that let you perform, like, little tricks. Like, one of them, like, and, like, they always, like, require a sacrifice, like, being either a temple roof or a tile, like, from your board. But it's, like, oh, it might be, like, uh, you know, like, the, the mighty bowl lets you move tiles around. Like, because once you put them down on your board, they're stuck forever. But this is, like, oh, you use the spirit of this animal, and now you can move them. And now you can do even more, like, tricky things or, like, new little combos for points and stuff. The other thing that's super cool is in the book, they have like a dozen or more different setups you can do, like all different styles of castles. So you can almost like make walls like a Mahjong game. You can make like the crumbling towers, which are like even a different way of setup and everything. There's just like a lot of options for setup. Uh, we played it at two, I would probably say like about like three or four times now. We played it at uh, four-player a couple of times. We played at three-player once. It's really fun at all-player counts. It's It keeps you on your toes. At two-player, you constantly feel like the knife dangling over your head. Because you're like, I want that tile. I don't want to give you the tile next to it. Because if you get the dragon tiles, you're going to get a lot of points, and I can't let you have those. But if I don't take this sword tile, I'm not getting a lot of points. Good God, what do I do? You know, and stuff like that. And in four-players... You're just you're actively watching what other people are doing because if if I notice that you're taking a lot of the the shoots and Kim is collecting a lot of the pins, my chances of getting those are lesser, you know. But if the Dragon of Storms is out, everyone's gonna want storms because those are gonna be points even if you don't finish them. So like, I kind of like how it all plays together. Um, it's it's definitely another fun like of those abstract puzzle games like that feeling of Sagrada and Azul. And how those games are always like, no, no, please don't take that. Please, oh, I hate you so much. I'm going to kick you so hard when I get a chance. Because they took the thing you wanted. Dragon Castle kind of gives you a little of that too. And it's like just like a little bit of a different presentation that like lets it earn its keep it, right next to Sagrada and its little limit. Yeah, I feel like I feel like there's a nice rise of like abstract games that just have a little bit more to them that are getting people into the genre. Like, I don't even consider myself that much of an abstract fan, but I feel like some of these games that are coming out now, like you, like some of the games that you've already mentioned, like, are getting me into that whole genre and, you know, really putting a good theme on it, too. And that's where I think that sometimes abstract gets lost is because a lot of times abstracts are just so plain. 
you know, like with, but with like Dragon Castle and Azul and stuff like that, it has a nice look to it, has a good theme to it. And even though you may not think of the theme all that much while you're playing it, it still has vibrant colors and, you know, it kind of, you know, really, you know, pulls you in. Yeah, it's like, I, I wonder if it's like, you know, like, I wonder if there's like a rise going on with them lately, because I actually saw not too long ago, um, a game I mentioned a couple of episodes back, The Duke, the game that's almost like a weird, abs- you know, like, next generation chess game with like the flipping tiles. Apparently, like, there's supposedly some plans to like re-release it and give it like a little bit of an update soon. And The Duke is a game, I think that game is like five years old or something like that now. It's like... You know, it's one of those games that, like, you know, probably kind of fell by the wayside a little bit when it came out. Because, like, I mean, you know, we said it before, like, board games age like dogs. Like, you know, if, like, one of them is, like, five years old, everyone's like, oh, my God, that's so old now. But, you know, that's that's a game that, again, like, that's one that definitely can go into a few homes. And if that gets a re-release, that'll be great for that game, too. So before we quick hit up on our topic, I was curious for you. So, you know, beginning of the month, right? You know, like... You ever notice like every like every beginning of the month you're like oh man it's like it's already the third like you know what this month I'm gonna lose five pounds and I'm gonna take care of that backyard and, be- and you don't do any of those things so it's like <laughs> I know it's like uh, you know I even though I said I wasn't gonna do one I did put together like a ten by ten challenge uh, like at the beginning of the year and I'm I'm nowhere on it at all <laughs> like every month I'm like yeah I gotta do this and I don't because better things come out throughout the year like just out of curiosity for like this month like uh, is there like is there anything that you're looking like really forward to, like any events, any like big titles or anything, anything cool that's on your horizons? As far as like play-wise right now, I you know as far as games go, like July right now is not huge. I think coming into August, we'll look at more you know newer releases, newer releases because Gen Con's kind of coming and stuff like that. I'll talk about that as soon as uh, August kind of rolls around, or maybe towards the end of July more. But um, we actually we're able to get a Amazon gift card. We used it on some expansions. Instead of getting some new games, we decided to get some expansions for some of these games that we love and, you know, was trying to get more replayability out of them. Uh, we ended up getting uh, one of the aforementioned games, The Mummy's Curse for Clank. Uh, we also got, boy, I can't think of the other ones right now, The Dark Mountains for, for Champions of Midgard. And then, oh, an expansion for... Uh, Raiders in the North Sea, and why can't I think of it? It is... Uh, it's either Fields of Famine or Hall of Heroes. It's Hall of Heroes, correct. So, you, you know, it, those are some games that are actually some of my favorites right now. So, and not being able to play them, not playing them as much lately has, you know, been something that I kind of want to rectify. So, you know, having this gift card and spending it on these expansions that for games that we really like, that we haven't played for a bit, it gives us an excuse to kind of pull those out more. And I'd like to do not a 10 by 10, but maybe a five by five challenge on these games. Maybe play those games with those expansions all five times just to get a strategy out of them. Not just play them one or two times to be like, uh, well, I faked it past a couple of games, you know, and I, I don't really know what I'm doing, <laughs> but here it goes. You know, I, you know, it'd be nice to play these and get, get some strategies down to where, you know, I kind of know what I'm doing instead of just going, you know, oh, I only played this a couple of times and I, you know, I don't really know what's going on. Maybe I'll play it next month or, you know, a couple months from now. So, yeah. What about you? Just enough where you're not flailing, right? Yeah, for me, man, um, Century Eastern Wonders uh, has released. 
mine is in in the systems of travel to me uh i want it i want it now i want to go outside and just see it outside of my house it is not outside my house right now which makes me sad but by next episode uh hopefully i'll have it and if not i'll be even sadder but <laughs> uh yeah it's weird man it's like it's coming from florida and new york and it's like oh your delivery will be 11 days i'm like is somebody walking it here <laughs> like what the hell man good god I, it's like you know like <laughs> Forrest Gump is like I got your box but um outside of that like uh I'm just looking forward to Dexcon like cuz lately the heat in New York has been uh where pretty much every workday I'm just begging for the sweet release of death you know it's like uh I'm coming home I look like I ran a marathon uh you know like I'm just like I'm going to lay down in uh, ice water and just start tomorrow and then the cycle continues so Dexcon is popping up at a perfect time. It'll be nice to get away for a few days, and uh, I'm going to cram in as many games as I can. Yeah, yeah. We and we have a small family vacation coming up too, so it'll be nice to play some quick family games with some of my family and stuff like that, and you know, be able to you know get get some. Hopefully, we'll be able to get a lot of good gaming in soon. So that'll be awesome. No, it's next month. How was the gaming last month? I didn't play nothing. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's all high, it's all high hopes. So for the for our future discussion here, uh, so you mentioned you got a couple of expansions, right? And uh, so I figured, like you know, we're gonna split this up into two episodes, and we're not gonna cram too much uh, down your throats here. But we're figuring, like, for this half, we're gonna look at like the games that you kind of need the expansion for the game to be good, like for it to get to stick around, you know. Now, one thing, like, you know, it's, like, you sometimes hear, like, I heard, of, like, a lot of different podcasts, like, talk about, like, debates of expansions. Like, uh, some some shows are, like, expansions suck. It should have been in the box to begin with. If you need me to buy more stuff to make your game good, then your game was not good in the first place, and I don't want it. And then I've also heard the counterpoint where it's, like, you also probably want to want to buy a deck builder if they said on the box over 2,000 cards and the price was $295. <laughs> Because that's a lot. <laughs> but if you get everything for Legendary, you might have like spent that, but you're doing it over a long time, and you're introducing like four or five heroes and like two or three villains at a time. You know, you don't need... Like, choose from over 144 heroes right now. Like, that could be too much, you know? And sometimes you see that with some Kickstarters, where it's like, like, oh my god, like, you know, like, this game sounds awesome. Like, uh, so each character chooses a hero, and then you would explore the dungeon. How many different heroes is there? Ninety-three. And if they and if they get another ten thousand dollars, there's gonna be a hundred and four. You're like, oh my god, I'm never gonna be able to see half of that ever. <laughs> it's like it's just not gonna happen. You know. That kind of being said, it's like I don't know. Like, I mean, how do you feel about it? Like, do you feel like expansions are like some evil device? Like, you know, do like how do you weigh in on that debate? Like. Would you ever like? Would you want to buy a game that was like hundred and forty bucks with everything in the box, or would you rather get it at your own pacing, like the game and then expansions? Yeah, well, I and I think we've talked about this in the past. Actually, you know, I think some of these games, even you know, even though they've got you know one, two, eight expansions or whatever, you know, it's like I think sometimes it it takes away from enjoying the the base game, you know. So it's just like you don't have. If you have this hotness, okay, so I'll just, for example, I'll say Terraforming Mars just because we've kind of referenced that in the past. It's like, that that game's so hot, you know, like Hansel, so hot right now. And, you know, it was just like one of those things where it just, 
as soon as that game was just hot for a summer, it's like, okay, we've got two expansions coming out. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute, you know what? Let's let everybody enjoy this game first before we go, you know, just popping down the expansions, you know? It's like, I think it takes away from that whole, like, even from the thing that I just talked about, trying to gain strategies from the from the game itself. You know, it's like if you're already if you already have like two, three, four expansions down the line, it's like, okay, a lot of these people and I know I know one in particular, Mike, he is one of those people that like, if he loves a game, he's gonna want these other little things that come with it, you know, and it's like, well, how about we just take the time to just enjoy this first? You know, it's like you know, it's it's like like, you know, when you were a kid, you know, and you'd go and you eat something and it was like a delicious burger or a steak or vegetables, you know, what I don't know what you like, whatever, but, you know, it, and you're like, oh, I love this, you know, and, and your, your, your parents are like, do you want to enjoy that, you know, or do you want to just, you know, just take the whole thing, you know, and just be done in five seconds, you know, it's like, take time to savor what's there first before you move on. Yeah, I mean, uh, and how does the fact that two more expansions for Terraforming Mars are in the pipeline make you feel in that? Yeah, that's, to me, that's crazy. That's crazy. I, I got a, a couple of buddies that are just like, please, I don't even want them. Like, he, they're like, you know, the, if you only get to play Terraforming Mars, like, you know, a couple of times a year, it's like that knowledge of like, and like, oh, there's even more corpse and more of this. It's like, I, I don't get to do my solar panels as often as I want to in the game don't put 50 more cards in the deck so I can't see them now, you know? <laughs> and, and, you know, and that's a good point with, like, games that are, in itself, time sucks, you know? Like, you know, I will go, I will kind of, you know, do a generaliza generalization that, you know, a lot of gamers these days are older, you know, and, like, it takes, you know, it, it takes a lot of uh, out of our day to play a two, three, four-hour game, you know? And it's... it's you have to set aside time for that. So to add on to something that is already plays two plus hours, that's that's a lot. So like with that, right? The games that do need the expansion, right? And there could either be something that's out that you need the expansion to make the game like actually really work, or games that don't have an expansion yet that you're like, get on the ball, give me this thing. Like uh, you want to kick it off? You want to give us a title that you feel is like in desperate need of expansion? Well. <laughs> It's funny that you say that because now I don't know of any game that is desperately in need of it. I do have some that have some that that you do. I think you do need to have to you know really get that gameplay going and not just be you know a couple of plays. Like when we first when I first started kind of getting into the more crunchier games way back when before we started this podcast. Um, one of our uh, go tos that uh, my buddy Rick had was Dominion. And, you know, it was one of those things where this is a game that has, you know, 82 expansions to it. And, you know, I don't think that you necessarily need all of them. You know, maybe not even that many. But I think Prosperity is one of those that is a great little add-on to kind of make your experience a little more playable because of the introduction of the Platinum, which gives you yeah. a little more options as far as money goes. And then also co the Colony which gives you a little more uh, victory point option there too. And then also some of the cards, you know, your money has a little more <laughs> weight to it. You know, so it's just one of those things where it, you know, some of the cards that they have, some of the kingdom cards, 
you know, it, it makes that money more worth it. You know, I'm doing all these puns. I'm not trying to, but you know, that's just <laughs> kind of, you know, what makes this game a fun little, fun little, you know, necessity, I think for Dominion to kind of keep it going. You know what? It's funny. Cause like, um, with all the Dominion expansions, my assumption was always like they cover all these different ideas. So whatever you're into, you can mix into your game, but it's true. Like everyone I know with Dominion is like, I must have every Dominion expansion. So I don't know anyone that has like a copy of Dominion in one or two expansions. It's either like they have Dominion or they have Dominion in one of those artist boxes because that's the only way you can hold all eight expansions. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And we only have two. And unfortunately, this is a game that does not get to the table that much because Tracy does not like it. So that is hard in itself for me. So it's one of those that, you know, I have to almost go... You know, when Tracy goes, okay, I just, I need you to pick a game. And I'm going to be like, Dominion! <laughs> and like, too bad, you're going to get sucked into this because I don't get it to play it enough, you know? Yeah, it's, um, we, we let go of our Dominion when we got Tonto Quarry because Kim loves the anime art style a bit more than the Dominion stuff. So I'm like, yeah. okay, you know, <laughs> it's still one <laughs> by one action. One, no, I'm fine, whatever. Yeah, so uh, one of the things I got on my list is like Lords of Waterdeep, right? Mm-hmm. Playing that game, like once you play with Scoundrels of Skullport, I feel like it's impossible to go back to base Lords of Waterdeep. So much to the point where uh, I am announcing it now, Lords of Waterdeep has to do away with the two-box system. They got to just combine it into one box and just make it a flat 65 bucks. You know, it, it's... The additional lords, the new options of building, and the and what corruption puts in that game. You know, like, everyone that plays Lords of Waterdeep base game, they're like, oh, it's pretty good, it's pretty good. Once you start using corruption and the additional options, you, you can't go back. You're like, mm, you know what, let's, actually, let's go play, uh, let's play Caverna instead. Like, you're not going to want to play just base game Lords of Waterdeep. It's, it's time to do away with this base box system, you know? Get a new art, put them together, raise the box by about like three quarters of an inch, and just get everything in there. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny they haven't made like a ultimate edition or you know just one of those deluxe editions that they have everything you know together like that. You know, it's one of those games that every you know it seems like when you say Lords of Waterdeep, everyone's just like great game, love it. You know that, that kind of thing. Like everybody has an affinity for it, but like there has not been anything done with this game since. Skull, uh, uh, Scoundrels of Skullport came yeah. out. And, and it's like, and what you were saying about like the fact that they haven't made it like that, like combined version or whatever, I think it's if any company besides Wizards of the Coast had this, you know, it probably would have been done by now. And you'd mentioned Champions of Midgard before. I wonder if Champions is like Lords, because everyone I know that plays with the expansions says the same thing. They're like, no, no, man. Like, once you start using expansions, that's it. Like, Champions is great, yeah. but you're not going to go back. You're going to just put it all in one box because you're never going to go back. Yeah, well, it's funny because we did uh, we did this thing where we were like, okay, do we want Valhalla or do we want Dark Mountains? We want Valhalla or Dark Mountains. We looked on Amazon. It seemed like it got rated higher. So it it also looked like it was rated higher on Board Game Geek. So we got it. So we got Dark Mountains. I was doing a little bit of research for this episode, and then I look online. Everyone's saying Valhalla, Valhalla, Valhalla. I'm like... Quit confusing me. Which one is better? <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> Tell me, people. 
So what is another one that you got that you think the expansions are what, what is the make and break point? So you're going to see kind of a theme when it comes to some of my stuff. I went with another deck builder. Surprise, surprise. I went with, uh, with Legendary. I think that uh, Civil War, and I can't remember if they had two Civil Wars or if it was just one. Because I feel like there's so many expansions for this dang thing. And I, I think it's the Secret Wars, Secret Wars Volume 1 and 2. So I think Civil War is just by itself. Uh, yell at me if I'm wrong, but I think the Civil War expansion for this is kind of an essential addition to it because don't get me wrong, the the base game is fun, but you know you only have so many so many heroes, so many villains and stuff like that. But this game introduces the split cards, where you turn them sideways and you can choose which side you want to use. Most of the time, it's like, do you want this much more fight or do you want this much more? buy you know or you know there could be like oh do you want this more fight or do you want this special ability and stuff like that plus it kind of the way i love about legendary is it if it's got a split card usually it's two characters that are either in cahoots with each other on the same team married or like just like that comic book relationship where it's like oh cool they actually know what's going on that actually sounds pretty cool you know i never saw those cards for legendary but i like that idea a lot and, you know, it's funny, a lot of people say that the first uh, expansion, Dark, Dark City, is one of those must-haves. But, like, yeah, I, I think it's a good expansion, but I think Civil War and some of these other expansions that have actually come out are a little bit better than that, even, I think. That sounds pretty cool, man. Yeah, I might have to look into that in the near future, because I haven't played Legendary in a little bit of time. But, uh, yeah, the Civil War stuff would be uh, pretty fun. All right, so you mentioned a couple of, uh, of like, deck builders. One of the ones that I think needs the expansion to come out very soon is Dice Forge, the dice building game. Oh, yeah, totally. There you go. Yeah, because, I mean, it's like, I mean, yeah, there's options when you play. Like, there's A and B for, like, a lot of the spots. Like, oh, should we use Cerberus or should we use this guy? Like, do you want to use the mirror or do you want to use that? But that's all you got. You only got those A or B options. That's all. The game is fun. It's beautiful looking. It's really, it's nice and quick and everything. But I noticed lately, we are like kind of like actively playing it sparingly, just so we don't get tired of it. Because I can easily see if I feel like if Dice Forge is a game where it's like, hey, you guys want to play Dice Forge, and people like, eh, that's it. It's it's going to be dead, you know? Because it like in the beginning, everyone was losing their minds over it. But it needs more stuff. That is a game that yeah, for sure, like it. Well, it's got it's got all those spaces for those cards, and you could you can put anything there. You just have to make them. That's yeah, all. I mean, they can put like if there's other shits and everything, it can always go like under the tray. They can they can put out an expand like you know new dice facing options, like in a small like little shrine. Like the the presentation of this game can definitely lead to a few ways to implement it all, but I am really worried if it doesn't happen soon that this thing may just start to fade yeah definitely i like i said when it came out i mean i heard like a dozen shows like so we played this new game dice boards and like dice boards is really interesting and i'm not hearing anything now and that's because it doesn't have the new thing you know? so uh so how about you you have another title for us apparently i just lo- i just looked it up quick and this must be something they got something on amazon but it's in french and i don't know how to read french sorry but it looks like they are working on an expansion for it. Not for Dice Forge. 
Very nice. So there you go. So who knows when that'll come out, but still, the, the fact that that's in the pipeline is awesome. Yes, it has to be soon. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Sticking with the deck building experience. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad. Like, I literally just, I scoured, like, a lot of things, and I'm like, gosh, I don't think a lot of my games necessarily need an expansion. It's funny that that Dice Forge is it. That, I don't have that game. Mike has that game, so that's not in front of me. So I couldn't think of that. Um, another one that I think that is essential is another deck building game, and it is Core Worlds actually. And I think that the Galactic Orders expansion for that game is one that really puts a lot of more versatility versatility into this game you actually get galactic orders and they consist of the galactic ascendant uh galactic senate the galactic guild the uh, merchant alliance the the mining coalition and the order of the knighthood and the mystic brotherhood and you can put your faction tokens you on your cards to gain victory points but also you can take them off to use special abilities and stuff like that and it's just a cool little mechanism that makes this which it this is another game another game that I would like to get to the table more because it's one of those I think under appreciated uh, deck building games that you know a lot of people reference but I just don't hear that much of anymore and I'm sure when it comes to stronghold stuff it's all always terraforming Mars so you don't hear a lot about you know those other great games that you know stronghold has if they make a crossover game where it's like core worlds invading Mars as you're terraforming it that'll get <laughs> <laughs> then you can get another expansion for that game. Yeah, no thank you. I'm not doing you know, that. it's kind of funny because I still remember like Core Worlds and Eminent Domain came out not too far from each other. And oh, the yeah. fact that Eminent Domain, like just, you know, a couple of months ago, got an expansion again. I was like, wow, you're not letting it just die in a river somewhere. That's pretty cool, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, somebody had the wherewithal to be like, yeah, this needs that expansion. Um, so now the next one uh, might be something that helps people decide if they want to invest in one of those like pricier style games, and that is the Mansions of Madness Second Edition. If you buy just the core game, I mean you're going to get a good amount of game in that box and everything, but it's so hard to not get the expansions when they come out for that. That is a game that you got to accept it as almost like a living miniatures game like their lcg models because you only have so many storylines in the base game like it's run by the app and it's great you know for all the people that are like oh i don't like apps in my games that's because you haven't played mansions of madness because it is awesome having it like read these things off and the atmospheric music but every time you add an expansion what's great is the app integrates the rooms so it'll be able to start using those It'll integrate the the investigators, so you'll be able to select them on whatever missions. And like the expansions lock, unlock anywhere from one to three new missions. But even if you don't play the new missions, the fact that the older ones can have new rooms, new enemies, new things going on, that it gives more life into that game. You know, it's fun and it's and it's a blast to get to the table, but you could get bored of that base box if you're not willing to... Like, it's a game that you can't go, man, I don't know if I want to drop 90 bucks. you got to look at it and go, I wonder if I want to drop 90 bucks and if I'm willing to spend, like, another 40 every, like, four or five months. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Um, is there anything else that you thought that was essential to, um, you know, either need an expansion or you know one that you know that that you are that you are that already has one that you think that just really, you know, makes this game worthwhile? You know, what? it's like, and it's funny because me and Kim were trying to figure out like what are games with the essential expansions. I think most expansions just feed into the, but I want it. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. it's the largest size option on your milkshake or your cup of coffee or whatever. You're like, I don't like. I'm already getting a lot of coffee. I don't need four more ounces. But like, if I don't get the four ounces, then I feel like I'm missing out. You know, so yeah, I'll get the largest. It feels like that with sometimes with expansions where it's like, you know, like you're at the game store, like, oh yeah, give me that. It's like, oh, you want the expansion too? How much is it? Twenty five dollars. Sure. It's like you haven't even played the game yeah. yet, but you just kind of go, yeah. well, what if I like the game? I should have the expansion if I like the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, well, here's a little story for you. So so the first Gen Con that me and Tracy went to was the 2015 one. And uh, so we get there, and it's like, you know, Bright Light's a big city. It's the first time we've ever been there. So we're like, ooh, this, that, this, that. You know, what are we going to do? You know, it's like, we don't have that much money, but we'll just spend, 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 you know, that kind of thing, you know, but we ended up going to the action phase booth and interviewing uh, one of the guys from there. And uh, after we're done, I was like, you know, I saw Heroes Wanted. It's one of those games that I didn't know existed until I saw it. And I was like, I want it. You know, it's just one of those things. It's like, oh, it's heroes, superheroes. It's different. You know, it's kind of a cool, cool, neat little, you know, uh, flip on the old hero genre and stuff like that. I'll, I'll you know, I really want to buy it, you know. And then of course he's like, they're like, oh, then you can get these little expansions, and then it'll just be a little bit more. And then you get these little expansions, and you get more. And then here's a little, here's another board. And here, the hundred plus bucks later, you know, it's like, oh, so you know, this retails for like two hundred bucks, but we'll give it to you for one ten or whatever, and we end up paying. I was like, sold. And I'm like, we get we get done, and we were playing that. We actually played the game at our hotel, and I'm like. I did not need all of this. <laughs> I just needed the base game and maybe one of the tinier expansions, and I could have been okay. Like, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. You know, it's like, and I guarantee you, we haven't even played uh, a fourth of the expansions that we have. It was just like, you know, maybe maybe one of them out of the six that we have. It's like. And they're all like, there's like a big, you know, big one, but then a bunch of small little ones, you know, it's like, we did not need all this. I got suckered into it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is a rough deal. It's like, I do feel like there's a certain mentality that just follows us as board gamers with these things where it's like, you know, like, oh, if there's this thing, you need this thing. Like, you know, like, look at these add-ons. You want these add-ons. Oh, you know, there's no reason not to get this expansion. Yeah, exactly. But, but let's let's talk about some of the people on Facebook and Twitter that talked about some of the th- things that they thought were essential. Our friend Taco from SO1KS Gaming, uh, he thought that uh, Risk 2210 AD uh, was an excess, uh, essential expansion. This one, you actually go to the future. You travel to the moon and under the oceans in this version of the classic game. So it's a little different. It's not just, you know, a world map. It's, you know, going to the moon and uh, just fighting futuristically. And then just looking at some of the pictures, it looks kind of neat. I haven't played Risk in, like, God, I think high school, so a very long time. I'm not going to tell you how long, but a long time. But, 
that looks like that would actually be a fun little uh, update on that whole risk thing. Plus, it would it would have to be one of those things where it would have to be a friend's weekend because it would take, you know, 15 hours to play this and I got that <laughs> time, so I'd have to make make time for that. Our buddy Paige said that he hadn't even played it yet, but based on the box, he thought that Trickster needs an expansion to be good. Does it even have an expansion yet? No, it doesn't. Uh, it's also a trick-taking game. Very few trick-taking games get expansions, I noticed. Yeah, that is true. Diamonds has a mini expansion that I heard that is is one that you that's a good little add-on. But yeah, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of trick-taking games that it would be. I think it would be very hard for you to kind of stick that into there. And then someone jokingly would that be uh, Joseph who put down Connect Four needs an expansion. <laughs> However, I will like to note, uh, I, I like to give major props to Anthony for immediately noting the Connect 4000. That's <laughs> which is fun. And, and the picture, the picture looks like the kid is like knocking down the whole thing or wants to knock it all. I love that they make it where it's like gigantic stacks of chips in front of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's not photoshopped at all. So, I mean, as always, of course, we want to know, like, you know, if there's a game that you think desperately needs uh, an expansion, let us know. You know, we'll, we'll pitch the need of expansions to all of our deep tie uh, friends in the board game industry. It's like, come on, man, let's just make this happen. I'm sure we'll get some yeah. results for you. Oh. We're very influential yeah, like exa- that. Yeah, here, here, I will say this. You tell me anybody that any game that you think need no, don't do this as a joke. I want it, I want it serious. Tell me a game that needs an expansion and tell me why or give pitch me something and I will tweet at whoever game company it is or if i know the designer i will tweet at them and i will run it by them and i'll say because you said so <laughs> and we'll see what kind of response we get which will probably be none but it'll still be fun to do no if they wanted to tweet you Kurt, where would they be doing that at well let's try uh at mfg cast on twitter um you you they also could reach dan what is yours now oh god mine is dy underscore mfg cast i don't know why i made it nice, so worried nice <laughs> yeah yeah hey i love it i love it also you can we have a facebook page so if you want to join our facebook page get in the conversation there we've had some, some uh we've kind of picked up on the conversations and i'm thank you for everybody for doing that but yeah so you know tell us what you think you know are there some expansions that are just something that you think are essential to make making one of your favorite games that you know a staple or is it something where there's another game out there that you're like, okay, this game needs something because I love it so much and I think it needs that extra boost. So all right, thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm Kurt. And this is D.Y. And thanks for listening. This was the MFG Cast. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.